When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Tom Fox. For the next series of episodes, Ronnie Feldman and I do things a little bit differently. I pose a question to Ronnie, and he gives us a hot take, and we explore from there. These episodes are a little bit shorter, but they're a lot of fun. I know you'll enjoy them. In this episode, we look at the EYSEC enforcement action. Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman, on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Before we get started, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with Creativity and Compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Creativity and Compliance with Ronnie Felvin and Tom Fox. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Yes, that's it. That's it. I thought I would start off today because I wanted to get your reaction to the SEC enforcement action on and why that came out in the news today or recently. And uh, I'm I have some thoughts on it, but I wanted, I thought maybe you could break down just a summary of what happened and we could talk about it and how maybe some creative approaches might have prevented some of these problems. Ronnie, in a very odd way, this case affirms many of the things I've heard you say on this podcast and in presentations over the years. What happened was E and Y, Ernst and Young, got caught cheating. Their employees were cheating on their internal compliance and ethics exams. And more importantly, or equally importantly, they were cheating on their CPA exams. And they were cheating because they got the answers, they broke an algorithm, they gave them the answers, and they shared that internally. So auditors, external auditors, are gatekeepers for every compliance program. So it's pretty devastating when your gatekeepers are cheating on your ethics and compliance exams, and even the exam to move into the profession, just as I had to sit for a bar examination to become a lawyer, you have to sit for a CPA examination to become a a public company auditor. But it was compounded by the fact that EY EY was aware of this, and when the SEC came knocking to investigate, they didn't disclose information to the SEC. The that led to the largest fine and penalty in this area ever of $100 million. Three or four years ago, we had KPMG, who was essentially caught doing the same thing, except around hiding information from the SEC. They were fined $50 million. So it literally doubled the fine for same or similar conduct. We had in the settlement agreement, not one but two monitors were Required One, to monitor EY remediation of their compliance program. And the second monitor was to take a deep dive into the facts of EY hiding information from the SEC, who was involved, how high up did it go, 
and should there be any remedial action around that issue. So you can only say this was absolutely devastating, both in terms of the fine, the penalty with the monitors. EY is trying to split itself, have an internal audit company and then a consulting company separate. So this can only negatively impact the prices that will be obtained for this and the payouts to the EY shareholders. So legally, a really interesting case from the compliance perspective, very interesting. And when you have a company cheating or its employees cheating on testing, that seems to me to, in a very backhanded way, speak to many of the issues you've seen around ineffective training. Because if the training is so rote, it's so check the box that you can get the answers and then memorize the answers and spit them out, that speaks to the ineffective nature of that training as a very starting point. So what do you see from all of that? There's a bunch of stuff that I'm pulling from it. I'm, I'm not as well versed in the case as you are, but it strikes me that obviously it's not an isolated incident, right? So this is there's a culture that's that felt that this was acceptable, right? They, you've heard me say culture eats training for breakfast all day long, and that this is a perfect example about that. I would argue that whether they were cheating or not, the fact that they felt so little importance to the training that it didn't impact their ethics. They literally was like, this is a thing that we have to do so I can do my jobs versus this is something that's important to me. This is something that I have to learn. It, the, the training was so disassociated from its cultural impact that it had the opposite effect. They felt it was not important. And then there's, there's the group think mentality that I think it's real tricky when you're dealing with large organizations like you want groupthink to work for you, not against you. And what I mean by that is we're all impacted by our environment. If enough people in the group are like, yeah, I got to take this ethics thing. I just got to get through it so I can get, get my numbers. I got to get my billable hours. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, here you go. If there's enough people who think, yeah, I work hard, I deserve it. If there's enough people who think this way, then you have started to have the culture that has that groupthink that says we... We don't, we don't think about the ethics of the situation versus a company that's constantly reminding and reinforcing the fact that it is important, that puts care and thought into their training, that puts care and thought into their messaging surrounding that training about how important it is, doing it in a thoughtful, provocative, interesting way. Then maybe you get enough people who go, oh, gosh, we really, that's not the kind of company we are. Gosh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that. You need enough people doing that that it subtly shames the people who are thinking about those things. I don't know. That's my reaction to it. Like, it, it reminds me, there's many more examples, but I remember when the Wells Fargo thing happened, there were, what, how many thousands of compliance officers and nobody caught it because nobody was looking and nobody cared. The culture overtook the compliance function, overtook the training because the culture felt like it could support those things. What do you think? So, Ronnie, I think that's a really prescient point, and it's not something I think gets enough play around training, which is training as a standalone tool will not enhance or even resolve your compliance issues. It's a combination of culture overlaid with senior management leadership, both in terms of talking the talk, saying we're going to do business ethically and compliance, and then leading by example, walking the walk. And then when you have training, which reinforces that, 
particularly if that training is entertaining, it can be incredibly effective. But I really now understand that when people look at training simply in a siloed function, that, oh, we'll do training and we'll be, it takes all three. And for me, this case really, in a negative way, illustrated that point that you've been talking about for a long time very well. Yeah, so I love how you brought up the whole point about, they talk about tone at the top and mood in the middle and all of those things. And one of the ways to get leadership involved is one, you have to have a focus on that, meaning you have you have to get buy-in from the top. So that's something that you may or may not have control over. But assuming you have buy-in at the very top and you show them these scary cases, and they, you'll, you'll get some buy-in. Then we need to coach and train leadership and cascade that down. And one of the ways to do that is to make it interesting for them or to give them tools and resources that make it easy for them. I love the meeting in a box, the lunch and learns, the pre-packaging, some fun, interesting stories or fun, interesting case studies or fun, interesting videos with talking points and giving them to leaders. I love the idea of creating shows that interview leaders about the ethical dilemmas that they've had to face so that you can hear them talking about it. I love the idea of getting leaders to play little commercials during their regular Zoom meetings at least once a week. I had a company tell me they do a values moment, which is that they they give them a bunch of resources and they say, we'd like you to talk about the values of the organization at least once a week for a minute or two. And that's, they check in with them that they do it. It's hard to monitor that exactly, but the fact that they put that out there as an initiative that's measured against... It's great. I think these are the kinds of things that can impact culture and having some, again, it does not be funny because these are issues are weighty, but interesting, entertaining, thoughtful, creative. Those things help you get more airtime and higher rotation without message fatigue so that you can impact the culture. And of course, this is about a training. It goes without saying that training should be better, more interesting, more interactive, more fun. But I'm saying you can do these things outside of that as well. Ronnie, I think we're near the end of our time for this episode. It's been a great episode, certainly topical. And actually, I think we drew some pretty important insights from that that we maybe not have articulated so well in prior podcasts. So I look forward to continuing this conversation. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.